I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. All right. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Groves. And guys, this episode, I, I know I say this every single time, but she walked into this room, great energy, and she's a heart coach. And we know how obsessed I am with all things health and wellness. She's also a yoga instructor. She owns her own business. So I have the founder of Commune and Bloom. She's also a heart coach. She pretty much does everything. But Chelsea Sanchez, welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the audience. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. This is going to be a good one. And fitness has been your background. So you've always had a passion for fitness and empowerment, which you're living that mission right now. So I want you to give a little bit of background on who you are and where you came from. Yeah. Well, I'm originally from Puerto Rico. So I have been in the beauty, wellness, fitness industry now 15 years. I was a professional bodybuilder, bikini bodybuilder back in the day. And I was a former salon owner for a decade. So when the pandemic happened, I merged my love of fitness, wellness, meditation, all the things. I decided to pivot and help others like brand themselves, start their own business. Basically, I wanted to share what I had learned over the last decade of marketing and starting a business from scratch and help other entrepreneurs do that. So that was kind of how it started. But because I got into wellness, it was incorporated into business. So I essentially, I help female CEOs, um, bring out who they are. I help them remember who they are. Some people call me a professional cheerleader, <laughs> hype woman, um, and just help build the heart and soul of you know their businesses. And so I work a lot one-on-one with CEOs and then also their teams. We do team trainings and stuff like that. And then Commune and Bloom is my business where we host events, retreats, um, courses, basically anything to get community to commune, bloom, and break barriers. There's a lot in there and I want to, (laughs) we'll get into all of it in this episode. Becoming an entrepreneur, I always am curious about, were you the type of person as a child that you felt always kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit or what was that initial driver to becoming a salon owner and starting your journey in entrepreneurship? I never imagined, I mean, I dreamed of one day owning a salon whenever I was in cosmetology school in high school, but I never thought that I could ever do that. You know, like, when I thought about it when I was younger, I'm like, oh, that would be so cool. But I mean, I don't know if that ever, you know, would happen for me. And I, about when I was 18 years old, I started getting into a lot of trouble. And that really helped me change a lot of who I was. I started, you know, working out. I started just doing, th- basically getting out of trouble. <laughs> and so along the way, I was able to learn how to set goals for myself and, That was the first time where I was like, oh my gosh, if I put my mind to something, I can do it. And along the way, I became a professional bodybuilder. And so I think that by doing that, it allowed me to realize that I I do have discipline, that I can do anything I set my mind to. And so while I was in the beginning of my fitness career, I decided to start my own eyelash extension business. So it wasn't that I 
was like one, I'm going to always be a business owner. I know it, you know, since I was a little kid, but along the way and seeing like when you just believe in yourself, you just start doing things like beyond your wildest dreams. And so when I was 22 is whenever I first started my first business in Austin. That's where I originally um, lived before moving to Dallas. And I uh, met my husband after three weeks. We got married. <laughs> We're on 12 years now. Wow. And um, having him too as a mentor has been amazing too. He's the um, founder of Refuel. And so having my husband by my side and also being a new business owner really allowed me to learn a lot and to learn from experience. I didn't go to college for school. I just kind of started it. And really, it was all trial and error along the way. And along the way, I also wished I had a female mentor. And so because, you know, it's not easy. It's like Mm -hmm. you, you don't know what you're doing. It's all trial and error. And so I think that along that journey of 10 years of owning a business, I knew I wanted to give back in that way because I never had that in the beginning. So it took me a lot longer, you know, a lot more failures to really get where I was. But because of that, it's what motivated me to be who I am now, which at the essence, it's what I've always been. You know, whenever my friends are, you know, they're always, but you've always been, you know, helping women and you've always been inspiring people. So no matter what, what direction I go in, I always say the mission's always been the same. The vehicle's changed. And that also allows me to have flexibility to where, you know, I can kind of change things up with being a breathwork facilitator, a yoga teacher, a course creator, um, retreat host. So I do a lot of things. But at the end of the day, um, the core, the mission is always to inspire and empower women to be the best version of themselves and to believe in themselves, you know? I, a lot of you uh, can't, or you guys can't see this, but I just like wrote down, I'm always writing in these episodes, but I just wrote down three things. And it's funny because the first thing I wrote down that I want to draw attention to is what you touched on about getting in trouble as a kid. Cause I just had that conversation with my mentor earlier, right before you mentioned that your husband was a mentor. And I think it's common for entrepreneurs to be doing things that a lot of other people aren't. And we look at that as trouble of, you know, the girl I interviewed yesterday, she got pregnant when she was young. And a lot of people look at that as a failure. But I think when you're put in those situations, and I was a troublemaker in high school too. And I think it's that rebellious type attitude, if you will, that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have. And it's using a more professional outlet, obviously in business and like to make money. But it's funny because it all comes back to center. Like this whole time, now that you're looking back on your journey, you're like, okay, it's been there this whole time. It's always been inside of me. It's just how has it come out? At first it was unproductive. It was destructive. And then now it's like, how can you channel this in a different way? So I love that you said that. I'm going to ask you a question on starting a business in Austin. Weird. I'm moving to Austin in January. Oh, yay. (laughs) Um, But finding your husband as a mentor, I think I preach mentorship and I literally sell it now. How important do you feel it is for young entrepreneurs who are maybe unsure of an idea to find someone that can help guide them? Because like you said, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important, but I also, you know, if someone doesn't have it, I always try to remind them that you learn from your mistakes everything happens for you. So you always harvest wisdom out of it. And that's what you use to like, you know, make you better. But what I love about having a mentor is it's kind of like a shortcut to get you Mm -hmm. where, you know, you need to go. And, 
And when finding a mentor, find a mentor that you actually value, that you respect or you'd like to be like, because, you know, there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of mentors and it might work for other people, but make sure it's something that you, um, they're living the lifestyle that you want to embody, you know, because that's whenever it's going to be more of like that shortcut. (laughs) It's a building a relationship, an authentic relationship. And it's funny because my mentor actually came three years ago and I did not know then that he would be the person in my life that he is in now. And I say this in every episode, it's like he's completely transformed my life. And I think it's being open-minded and understanding that like certain people are going to come into your life for certain reasons. And I like truly believe this at my core level and they're there to teach you something. And I think it's shifting that mindset. Like you said, things are happening for you. Absolutely. And so if you look at these as opportunities to get to where you want to go and not in a narcissistic or bad way i just think be open-minded because you really never know when that person's going to come into your life that will get you to where you want to go absolutely actually so one of my mentors um it it just kind of happened for me just like i always craved a mentor when i was younger like a female entrepreneur as i was going through like my wellness journey my meditation journey like that started a a few years ago and i was at an event um i don't know if you've heard of the brand poopery um it's it's oh, like, like the, the poop thing. The, the yeah. poop spray, the yeah. odor. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was at an event. It was like a podcast event. Um, and it was like the debut of it. And it, she was interviewing Susie Batiz, who's the founder of Poopery. And she's created a empire out yeah. of this and has created so many amazing products. Well, I went to this event. I almost didn't go, but it was like I was meant to go to it. Like I had to work that day. But then all of a sudden I had a cancellation during the time. And the girl that was ha- the podcast debut, she was the one that invited me. So I'm like, you know what? I want to go support her. Let me go check it out. Well, first of all, Susie Batiz lives in a renovated church, like a 15,000 square foot church in Lakewood. And I- In Dallas? Yes, in Dallas. It's amazing. It's like anthropology in a church. And so I went to this house, church, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and it was this event with so many female entrepreneurs. And I just remember leaving that event and every single woman there was crying because she was so inspiring. And I specifically remember her going, I'm going to start doing monthly events here and mentoring women. I, I slid in her DMs right away. And I'm like, how do I get, how do I become a part of this? I want to, I want to be mentored by you. And I remember her saying during the interview that meditation, out of all of the things that she's done, meditation, um, therapy, you name it, she's done basically all of the wellness tools, all the stuff in the spiritual toolbox. Um, She said that meditation was her non-negotiable. So I slid in her DM. I'm like, how did you make it a non-negotiable? How can I be a part of you know, your women's entrepreneur event. She's like, do you have three or more or employees? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to be a part of this. I get to learn with Susie Batiste. So we started going there monthly, me and my former partner. And I was just inspired by her because this is someone that was, you know, an entrepreneur that was also spiritual and led, you know, th- used her intuition most of the time to make a lot of business decisions. And I was, she had gone through so many of life's lowest lows and just seeing how she overcame that, I was so inspired. Um, you know, I had gone through a lot of similar things and nobody really talks about these things. I'm like, oh my God, she is pouring her heart about it. Like someone I can relate to, but someone that's also very successful. So I got to be a part of her monthly entrepreneur event and she invited us to be a part of a beta, beta run of her Alive OS course that she was um, hosting that she created in 2020. So I got to go to her house every other week for six months and learn from her. And 
that was one of the biggest game changers. And whenever I, when I went the first day, when I asked her, it, why is it a non-negotiable? She's like, look up tm.org. It's transcendental meditation. It's mm-hmm. a mantra meditation. And look, if you want to make it non-negotiable, commit to doing it for a year. And I think that the competitive side of me was like, I'm going to do it for a year mm-hmm. because she said that, you know, and I think that before, like I would try and I couldn't, but I feel like that was the start of me really becoming more aligned with my business, making more soul aligned decisions and making decisions that I really wanted to do the decisions that were my dreams that I never thought I could do, you know? So it's like, it, it was one of the biggest, biggest surprises of my life because it came out of nowhere. I would have never realized sitting there that that would be my mentor. And to this day, I'm so grateful for everything that I've learned from her. So yeah, it came out of nowhere for me too. (laughs) Susie, if you're out there listening to this, you're going to be on this podcast. What are two to three things that you learned from her that you could share with the audience? I think, you know, as, as cliche as this sounds, integrity is such an important part with yourself whenever you're making decisions, like, does this really align with me? And I think that that everybody, you know, says that, but a lot of times they don't, it's common knowledge, but not common practice, you know, thousand percent, um, making decisions that really align with you. So that's part of the integrity component. Um, making space for your feminine energy, self care, taking care of yourself. And what else? Hmm. Gosh, I've learned so much from her really just, making meditation, making wellness your priority. There are so many things I can't even think of everything right now, but she has made the biggest impact in my life. Really, um, I think using, um, taking care of your mental health, not just like the self-care like meditation, but doing the work with any of the limiting beliefs that you have. So during that time, it was the first time I went to therapy. I started doing all kinds of different therapy, EMDR therapy, hypnotherapy, regular therapy, and just learning about doing inner work to uh, uncover like those unconscious beliefs that you carry and so that you can start living a more aligned, aware life. Meditation, we're going to go into this and we might take the whole episode on this, but I can hands down and I've said this on the podcast before, like it's completely changed my life. And I am the most type A, can't sit still, high energy runner personality. And I never in a million years, and this is solely Melissa Wood Health, like I want to interview her one day, but she is the first person that talked about meditation on and on. And I was like, if she doesn't stop talking about meditation, I'm going to lose it. I need to try it. Like when you hear that voice inside of you and I just had this weird calling, I think yoga teacher training kind of had a lot to do with it, but it has hands down changed my life and it's brought me so much closer. And I told you this before the episode, but I feel like there's like this part of me right now that's like going through just an internal shift and you can feel it because I meditate for an hour every single day right now. It's like when you go internal and you actually had a quote um, I don't know if I wrote it down, but you talked about meditation in an article that you did. I want you to elaborate fully on why this is so important for people to do the work internal if they want to create the life on the external. Yeah. So basically the law of correspondence states that your outer world is a reflection of your inner world, right? And so that's something that I also learned from Susie is just getting curious on 
the things in your outer world that aren't really aligned or doesn't feel like it resonates with you is getting curious on what those things are. And so meditation, um, it just, it allowed me to really come back to who I am, who I am at the core. And for so many years, I realized that I was masking myself and shrinking into spaces that I, I wasn't really fitting into and not really embodying my true nature, my, you know, my childlike nature, who I am at the core. And so what I love about meditation is it's a moment to really slow down and um, Gabby Bernstein, I love mm-hmm. her as well, like the author Gabby Bernstein, she always says the quote, slow down to speed up. And that is for the first time when I started doing meditation and I made that a non-negotiable and I made it a daily commitment. It was the first time where I was like, wow, I'm doing less and more is happening for me. Oh my gosh, I just and, said that the other day. <laughs> yeah. And it's because you're you're slowing down. So you're making decisions from a grounded state. You're not making decisions from a scatterbrain. And I'm a high energy too. I'm a runner. I'm a Gemini. I'm like, you know, I can talk, but it is important that we do slow down our minds so that we can think clearly, so that we can think from a centered space. So I really feel like it's really helped me be more aligned with who I am. And this is the thing. Once you start really going back to who you are and you become aware, you can't go back. Mm-mm. You can't. You feel it. You feel like you're contracting if you start acting out of your ego and you start doing things that really aren't true to you. You feel that. And so you really start becoming more connected. And you just, I really believe in that saying, slow down to speed up. It's allowed me to just get so much more done and making it from a grounded state, making these decisions from a grounded state. I am a crazy person about self-awareness and I'm very hard on myself, but I think I've always been someone that's been ego-driven and it was through meditation that I recognized that was always a defense mechanism. And so when I start to lean more into my ego, I notice it's I'm overcompensating for mm-hmm. something and I didn't really understand that and I'm still trying to catch that at times or even at work, I'll make, I'll make a comment and then afterwards I'm like, that was ego-driven, but this is really what I mean. And so I'll catch myself, but for the audience... How can they know whether they're beginning in meditation or they're just curious? I think this is kind of a hot topic now, the difference between an intuition and your ego, because I think there's a fine line and it's knowing what is truly calling inside of you versus what's going on in your mind. Yeah, I feel like, okay, so when you, this is like how I, with my clients, whenever I'm trying to help them figure out whether they're making something an intuitive decision or fear or ego is when it's intuitive it's a, it like when you look at what intuition is it's like an inner knowing you just know have you ever made decisions and you you weren't even thinking about it being intuitive it just happened your friends are like why are you doing that and you're like yep. i just know it's right intuition you just know Fear is like, because a lot of people ask, what's the difference between fear? Like my mind is fear driven or is intuition. Intuition is, it's a knowing, you just know. And fear is is um, a lot of times whenever we feel fear, like I feel fear a lot, but what I ask myself is if this, if I were to make this decision, would I regret making this decision? Would I, would I, do I see myself, um, doing this long term or am I just trying to self-sabotage like that's the fear and then whenever it's like an ego decision I'm like is this all about titles is this about um you know basically what the ego is is am I doing this for clout am I doing this just to be recognized am I doing this for my title so intuition is an inner knowing you just know you know 
what, yeah, oh, I, I do. And I think it's hard because it's such a, a woo-woo, if you will, topic or it's a woo-woo feeling that I think there's people and I definitely am one of them that's just naturally more intuitive. Like I knew my two past bosses at my old company were leaving the company three months before it happened. Like I just had this weird inner knowing that something was going to happen. It's happened to me with men before. I'm like, I know that something is going to happen with this person. I don't know when, how, or what I know it's happening. And it does. And it's like just this weird inner knowing. But for me, I talk myself out of it or I try to add logic to situations. And so I always try to navigate of like, Aaron, is this, are you leading with fear in this situation? Like logic, trying to talk you out of it out of it because you're scared of an outcome or is this really your intuition guiding you and I think it's hard for people to know that authentic self unless you're slowing down yeah yeah you can hear it and this is the thing the more you start listening to that intuitive nudge if you will it's it's gonna strengthen so you're gonna know even more like whenever your intuition just like is kicking in, you're just going to know. And so the more you listen to that intuition, the stronger it gets. And I think that's a great question to ask yourself whenever something comes up. Is this fear-based? And just simply asking yourself these questions. Is it fear? Is this an inner knowing? Is this ego-driven? Asking those questions because it's it's basically like prompting you. And if you could prompt yourself, you can have that honest answer with yourself. How do you coach? We talk a lot about fear, whether it's in business or personal. I think they mold together. Like your mentor said, if you're not taking self, if you're taking care of yourself personally, how can you build a big business? It's it's just not going to happen. How do you coach people on navigating fear, whether it's professional or personal? Yeah, so so many. T- one of the biggest things that I do, one of the biggest practices I do with my clients is. We do a lot of journaling, a lot of reflecting. I always want to know, like, especially when they're a new client, I want to know about your life. I want to know how you got to where you were. I want to know about, you know, how you started. And so I always ask them, were you scared? Um, And then I ask them, like, what's the scariest thing that you've ever done? So I constantly am asking them all of the things that they've done in the past where they experienced fear. And, and I do that because whenever we reflect, that's whenever we realize mm-hmm. a lot of things that we're capable of doing. And that's whenever we harvest a lot of the wisdom that we have. And a lot of people don't really reflect. They, you know, they're, they forget all of the things that they've accomplished in the past. And so I kind of make them write out all of the times that they've been scared and they took action anyway. And I'm like, that right there is proof that you are courageous and courageous is from within. So you just have to come back in. You have to tap into that courage. We all have it. It is within. And here's proof. Like, look at all your journal entries that I made you write. How does someone start that journey inward? If they are at a place in their life where they're unhappy and they know they're listening to this podcast and it's time for them to go inward, where where do they start? I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with even like when you tell them meditate, I can't sit with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, That's always- be there. And so like, I even just say, just start with a minute at a time. S- just stop what you're doing for one minute and just ask yourself, how do I want to be? How do I want to be while I do today? How do I want to act while and feel? How do I purposely want to act and feel today? And that right there prompts them to be intentional because so many times we go about our lives and we're just like, you know, letting the days run ourselves instead of running our days. And if you could just take a moment to truly be intentional, that right there is a way to just start. And one minute a day. I mean, that's the moment you hit one minute, you just go to two minutes and three minutes. And I always tell people that whenever they're sitting down and like their thoughts are all over the place, 
that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I always compare it to, I think it's like one of those snowball flurry things. Is that what they're called? Oh, you shake it up. Yeah. yeah, you shake it up. So think of that as all of those things are your thoughts. But if you're willing to just sit there, they slowly go down. And if you're brave and if you just sit there and don't have judgment, and that's the thing, a lot of people are judging their thoughts. Just sit with your thoughts. That's meditating. That's being that's being mindful. You're being still. Breath and stillness. One of the very first meditations that I listened to, and it resonated a lot with me, was allow your thoughts to be waves in the ocean. Like they come yeah. and then they <clears throat> they pass. And it's funny because yesterday one of my friends FaceTimed me and was asking for meditation and my whole world lit up because I was like, this is what I want to <laughs> speak Same. to. But when she was talking to me about why she wanted it. And I was like, you're going to have thoughts on this meditation. There's going to be stuff that comes up, but the most important thing is to just let it go and don't attach yourself to an outcome, which I think can be applied to other areas of life. A lot of times we want to control things. We want to control an outcome. And that's for me where it stems from. It's like, I want to control this relationship. I want the outcome to be a certain way, or I want to control this business to go a certain way. And for me, meditation peeled back all of those layers and made me realize that I really can't control any of that. And when you release and you literally surrender, I had this feeling the last week everything flows to you. It really does. And another thing that I want to add to that is checking in with yourself. So whenever you become more self-aware, you start basically checking in, you know how you're feeling. And so the simple, like I, every morning, whenever I journal, the first question I ask myself is, what do I feel? And it's not about like, why do I feel? Because that's already like kind of putting yourself in like a victim mentality for your day to day is just what am I feeling? If I'm tired, like think about your caretaking, like your inner child. Like if you were taking care of a kid and they said, I'm tired, you would probably say, go take a nap or I'm thirsty. You would probably tell them, go get a drink. You know, it's just the simple checking in. How do I feel? Okay. I feel a little anxious. Okay. Breathe. Okay. I feel a little overwhelmed. Take a moment to take a bath and just sit with yourself. Like, of course, if you're on the go, it's kind of hard to do those things. But even just a breath, Mm -hmm. taking a moment to breathe, but asking yourself, what do I need right now? How do I feel? And how can I take care of these needs right now? The more you start taking care of yourself, the more you're going to start becoming more connected with yourself. It's shifting your reality and your mind becomes your reality. And we live in a world where there's a lot of content where in social media, I think a lot of people are throwing things at you and whether you're religious, spiritual, wherever you're at, where you're listening to this, I think this can apply to anyone. When you're advising your clients or anyone that's around you on shifting from a victim mentality, I always say that this podcast is all about positivity, but like shifting into a different mindset, I think is the most important thing that you can do if you want your life to change. How do you get clients that are in a negative space or people who are in a slump in their lives to just really shift their mentality? I go back to reflecting, looking at everything that they've accomplished, looking at their strength, looking at everything that they've overcome and reminding them that's you still. So even if you are in that place, you can get through it. You've gotten through things before. But most importantly, when they are going through things, not really like um, just shifting immediately, but acknowledging how they feel. So it's not just doing the whole toxic positivity thing of like nothing is going on. It's acknowledging, okay, I feel this way. 
And like, what do I need and how can I shift from here? And I think that that's such an important part in the shifting is acknowledging what you're feeling, giving yourself a validation. Talks of positivity. That's so fun. Nothing bothers me more than people are like, just be positive. I mean, I'm, I'm naturally a positive person, but I also think it's unrealistic. It's kind of, it's like saying, just get up and run five miles or get up and do this. Like yeah. everyone is at a different place in their life. And I think you hit the nail on the head with acknowledgement, which I probably could do more of myself. Like, hey, this is why you're feeling this way. Instead of just like putting my mind to the doing aspect of it, which I do think is kind of that entrepreneurial um, spirit in me or just like my type A go-getter personality. And as we're kind of talking about shifting, I love your quote saying that the vehicle may change, but the mission remains the same. And I think it's bringing those people back to the core. I want you to elaborate a little bit more on the audience because I think almost every single entrepreneur has had pivots in their life or have has had iterations of their business, but it always usually comes back to center and it comes back to that why. Yeah. So going back to all the different careers that I've had, you know, like I... I've done a lot of different things and what I realized, and I didn't realize that this until I started doing this internal work. And that's like what shifted for me and allowed me to pivot is because when you start also doing this work, you have the strength to be like, if I can do that, then I can do this. Like I want to start, I want to start expressing all of my gifts. I'm not just this. I want to be more than just one career. Like you, you don't have to stick with one career for the rest of your life. I want to exercise all of my creative juices, right? Yeah. But whenever I was going through a lot of the meditation, a lot of the therapy, a lot of the inner work, this was like a three years ago is when it really started, like me going inward, is I realized that I wanted to start helping women start their own brand and teach them a lot of the things that I learned over the years. And so I decided to make the pivot. And one of the things that I had to remind myself, because it's so easy to sometimes think, oh my gosh, am I a failure? This didn't work. Or, you know, I'm having to pivot and you're not starting over. You're starting over or you're starting with wisdom. So you have all this experience. But when I look back at all of the things that I've done, I've always loved inspiring people. When I got into fitness, I wanted to inspire people to take care of their health, to work out, to feel good in their body. Whenever I was doing eyelash extensions and makeup, I wanted women to feel beautiful, but not just from, you know, the external, but also from within. Like it was my vehicle of getting people on my lash bed so I could pour love into them. So from the get-go, what I realized as I started practicing self-awareness is like, wait a minute, I've always loved mm -hmm. to empower women. I've always loved inspiring them. And you could have different vehicles. And I, for me, I need to have creative freedom. I like doing different things. For a few months, I'll be working on retreats. Then I'll do two months of um, course, live courses. And I'm always working like one-on-one -on -one with clients, but I'm always doing different things. And I didn't want to be tied to working the same thing all the time. So all of my, I have different vehicles, but at the end of the day, I'm helping people step into their power. I'm helping them rem basically remember who they are and remember that they have all the power from within yeah. and that they can do anything that they set their mind through and that they can get through anything. You know, everything yeah. is temporary. There's so much in there. And I feel like this entire conversation just has me in such a, in such a headspace because I'm so passionate about this because I think it's one of the things that people overlook most is we're so busy caring about what other people think about us. Or we're so busy doing that we forget 
to to go within and to really do the work on the internal. And I want to touch a little bit on limiting beliefs because I think whether you're going out and you're starting a business, there's opinions and it's I'm not going to be naive and say that there's not. I think whether it's family, whether it's friend, wherever it is, in your from your experience and just throughout your life, what advice do you give for people who are having limiting beliefs or negative opinions both externally and from coming within or and from within like letting the opinions from others dictate how they live or how mm-hmm. they do their work so I'll let go of that yeah so that was huge for me whenever I made the pivot so whenever the pandemic happened I had a salon and we were mandated to close like most businesses were And during that time, I had so much time to really dig even deeper and go inward. And since I was already on that journey, I really made that space to ask myself, what what do I want to do for the next 10 years? Where do I see myself? And because I had the salon for 10 years, but I knew I was already working on my online courses of helping women. And so I was in this, in this, I was making this decision of like, okay, I can go back and I can keep on doing this, or I can do what I really want to do. And that's help women start their own business, start their own brand. And I knew that if I closed my business, I I was like thinking, oh my God, people are going to think I'm a failure. They're going to think that my salon didn't do well and, and all of that. And when I, when you take the moment to really sit with yourself and ask yourself those questions, that, that could be a thing. People could be talking about me. They probably did say (laughs) those things. And, and I had to ask myself, what I want to do, I'm going to be impacting more people. You got to think about who you're going to be impacting and if that is going to affect you more. Like you got to think about what you're going to get. And so I thought, even if people thought that, that's not the truth. I know my truth. And even if it was the truth, I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And and so many people are going to say so many things about you. And that's really just a reflection of them that they just see things the way they are. And you just have to learn that all of those things go away. Nobody's going to remember any of that stuff. And if you start just listening to what you're going to be doing, like I knew that I was going to be impacting more people if I, I went in this direction. And you just have to like listen to that and, and sit with yourself and ask yourself, what is really holding me back? And and that was that was the biggest fear. Oh my God, people are going to think I'm a failure. Okay. And they think I'm a failure. I'm not a failure. I know who I am. I know my truth. I know what I'm here to do. And I think that if you're self-aware enough and you know your truth, it doesn't even matter. You know your truth and that's all that matters. Because when you're doing good anyway, people are going to talk about you anyway. It's There's always a battle. And I think it's the external versus the internal. And this is kind of the shift that I've been going through. I think there's some internal limiting beliefs, but I think when you're going after something that's bigger than yourself or a mission that you see, it's you're the only one that sees it because it's your calling and it's your purpose. And I think that is always what I want to inspire people on this podcast. It's like, it doesn't really matter what it is, but if it's what you feel in your soul is what you're supposed to be doing, there's a reason that it's there. Like there's a reason that there's a fire inside of you. There's a reason that you're being called to go after this certain thing. And the people who are meant to be in your life will be in your life. And it was such a calling because I I mean- How did you know? That was my next question. It was a calling. Like I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just knew deep down, like, this is where I was supposed to go. And I, I allow, I, 
I that whole summer I worked on a beta run. I did not make any money. I took my assistant with me and I'm like, you're going to help me write this course. We're going to get this done. And I paid her and I, I didn't pay myself for months because I knew where I was going. And it's whenever whenever it's such a heart based decision, it, it's it's not even about you anymore. It's mm-hmm. about so many more people. And I think that when you start making heart based decisions, there's just like this like inner knowing, it, like I said, the intuition like that's you just know that you're supposed to do it. You don't know how you just know. And so I followed it and I and at first I'm like, you know, deep down in a way I I wanted to do it because I'm like, I want to I want to show people that I'm going to start over, literally not make any money and I'm going to figure it out. And there was times where I'm like, OK, I didn't think it was going to take that long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I knew that if if I was truly following my heart, I will I'll, I can't lose. You cannot lose when you're truly following your heart. Because miracles always happen. Like right anytime there was so many moments in the beginning of the process where I'm like, are you delusional? <laughs> like, are you like, I, I was like, oh, you need to go back. You need to go back to open your salon. And then, and right whenever I thought I was going to quit, a miracle would happen. I'd get in, I'd get a new client that was like a, it was like a life-changing client. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I got to keep going. And then right whenever it would happen again, where I thought I was going to give up, something would happen again. And it, and it was just, just be patient and know that you're going to get there. And there's a quote that I, I absolutely love. And it's those who are certain of their outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. And I know who I am. I know what I was here to do. Like, this is my calling. I'm here to inspire people. I'm here to empower them, here to nurture them and remember who they are. And so, or and remind them who they are. And because of that, you can't lose. It oh like something always happens. Miracles happen. You just keep going, and and when you're when you know, you remind yourself that quote. Those who are certain of their outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. It's the synchronicities. I'm like almost at a loss for words. Usually, I'm like hop, hop jumping at the bit for the next question. But it's funny because I literally thought this this morning when I was on a run. And usually when I'm in a workout, a yoga, wherever, I have my clearest thoughts. Like I just meditated. I'm going for a Same. run. The runs are like where the downloads come. And I'm like, oh my God. And I get voice memo. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And you like go right into my notes app. But I was thinking about that when I was reflecting on the podcast because the guest that I had yesterday, she just said some things to me that just hit so to home and like so close. And every single time I thought, is this where I'm supposed to be with this podcast? Every single time something happened within seven days of me having that thought, if not within 24 hours, that changed the course of it or lit me up in a different way. And I think that is one of the biggest things that I've learned that if it's truly your calling, it's going to fill in even when you don't think it's going to be there, which kind of contradicts, I guess, maybe in a sense, like your mind is your reality. But I think if it if it's at a soul level and like this is what you're being called to do, it's going to manifest around you. And uh, someone that I had on the podcast too was like, it's kind of like a snowball. Like once you get it going, it's just going to keep rolling down the hill. And you it- have to take those next steps. You have to take those next steps within arm's reach. And when you do, it meets you. You take a step and it meets you. You keep on going and it goes. I think taking the next step is the hardest part for a lot of people. It's it's starting, I think, is the initial hardest part. And then it's taking those next steps. What advice would you give for people who are hesitant with taking a next step or unsure of how to start? 
Yeah, I mean, whenever I was starting the process of writing my course, so this, I had been wanting to do the course for three years before I even started it. I knew it. Like I started doing YouTube and I, and I was like, okay, I'll do a video called How to Build a Successful Clientele. And I remember it got a lot of views. I'm like, oh my God, there's something there. But then I would, I would, I was going to do it and then I wouldn't do it. I was going to do it and then I wouldn't do it. Like self-sabotage, right? It's yeah. the upper limit, like which I highly recommend the big leap. It helps you find out if you're upper limiting yourself, if you're self-sabotaging. Okay. So I, yes, okay. by Gay Hendricks. He's actually Susie Batiz's mentor. And so I feel like I got to get mentored <laughs> by him because I read all his books and I've learned so much from her that she's learned from him. And that was one of the biggest pieces of advice that I got is take the next step within arm's reach. So with that being said, I was start. I, I was like, oh my God, why haven't I started this course? And and as I started going to therapy, I was bringing all these unconscious beliefs to the surface. And what I realized is I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was worthy because I didn't have an English degree. Like, who am I to write something? I don't know how to write. Like, I had this story that I wasn't smart enough. And these stories were from like second grade in art class when this girl called me stupid. Like, I thought I was stupid for years. I didn't know that I was hanging on to these unconscious, like traumatic beliefs from like childhood. So I had all the like, who are, who are you to write? You don't even have an English degree. Like I overcompensated with my accomplishments to think I was worthy. But really when I started actually going to therapy, that's when I started working internally and being like, worthiness is my birthright. I can do this and I don't have to have a degree to write a course. And so the biggest tip that Susie gave me was take that next step within arm's reach. Sometimes that next step within arm's reach is just writing a sentence. Sometimes it's just sending that email. Sometimes it's this. And sometimes when you just take that little step, it gives you a little bit more motivation. And I don't wait for the motivation. You have to truly be consistent because that's what kind of gives that motivation. You can't just wait for it. And so I just, I was like, okay, well, the next step within arm's reach, Saturdays, I'll go to common desk with my husband because I was working full time running a business at that time with the salon and my team. And I remember Saturdays, I'm just going to dedicate an hour just writing every Saturday, just whatever. I barely had an outline. <laughs> this was like February, 2020. And then, and I thought I was going to launch this a year later. And then the pandemic happened. And all of a sudden, like I'm taking more steps and all of a sudden I'm spending a whole month writing all day, every day with my um, assistant. And so when you take those next step within arm's reach, it gives you a little bit more motivation. It gives you a little bit more momentum and it gives you a little bit more confidence. Sometimes if you take a big step, it's so easy to contract. It's too expansive. It, it's too unbelievable. But if you take a little bit and you're coming back to your center and taking a little bit more and grounding, coming back to your center, all of a sudden you've taken all these steps and you're out here. And so I always say that because when you take too big of a step, it's so easy to contract back. So just take the next step within arm's reach. And before you know it, you're doing the damn thing. <laughs> That is the best piece of advice that my mentor gave me. And I think a lot of taking little steps is being patient and trusting the journey, which totally. I think is very hard, especially for someone like myself. I always use myself as a guinea pig that's super ambitious and has dreams that are big at times. I always say I could solve world hunger. It's Half of it is a joke. Um, I mean, I don't see why not. <laughs> <laughs> see, you get it. But in all seriousness, I think it's hard for people to stay patient and really surrender and trust and finding a balance between that, but also taking the steps because 
I think people confuse the two. They're yeah. going to sit back and wait because they're like, oh, well, I'm trusting. But if you're not taking action, then there's nothing to wait for. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like whenever people are not being patient and are not trusting, they're waiting for the outcome to bring them happiness. And and this is the thing. So many people are like, there's been so many times in the past before I knew about true happiness from within. I was, you know, a, I was winning bodybuilding shows. I was a bodybuilding.com athlete. I was traveling the world. I was doing all these things. I was in magazines. I, I got the luxury car. I bought the house. I got the salon. Da, 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 da. And what I realized that I was still waiting for happiness outside of me. And I was waiting for the next thing and the next thing. And and when you decide to just be tomorrow, we might not have tomorrow. I want to be happy right now. I want to feel good right now. And what ends up happening is it takes you closer because when you're feeling good just because and when you're living from gratitude, it actually manifests even faster. So when you're in this waiting game and like, oh, I got to be patient, you're you're operating from a state of lack. You're mm-hmm. operating from waiting for happiness to happen for you. And you have to generate the happiness. You have to cultivate it. And that's why I, I practice that mental wellness every single day, self-care every single day. It's a non-negotiable. How can someone cultivate true happiness from within? Taking that moment to be with themselves, reflecting, gratitude, reflecting on everything that you've overcome. Like one of my favorite questions to ask myself. So that way, whenever I'm like, oh, I'm in a funk and I'm not feeling good is what would five-year-old or 15-year-old, 10-year-old Chelsea think of who you are today, of what you've overcome, of what you've accomplished? And I would be like, man, I'm kind of a badass. <laughs> I never in a million years thought I would be doing this, you know? And I, I don't come from a lot. I'm originally from Puerto Rico. We, when we were little, like we were on food stamps, like we didn't have a lot of money. And when I look at everything that I've been able to create, I remember I created that mm-hmm. from within. And so all of that, I'm the source of that. I am the source of happiness. And I think that it, it, it instantly allows you to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at gratitude, as cliche as it is, it's it's an elevated emotion. And when you have a grateful heart, you feel abundant. And when you feel abundance, you start manifesting things. You start, you know, feeling good. You start feeling good just because. So when I started the meditation journey and I started going to therapy and I started reflecting on all of my wisdom and seeing all the things I've I had done and become. I start, I jokingly call this gratigasms. It's like, it's like this orgasmic gratitude feeling of happiness just because nothing changed outside of me. I just feel good. And this is the thing. So many of my friends, when I started, when I started living life this way, they're like, what are you doing different? Like, I want some of it. How do I do it? How do I, you know what I mean? I I remember telling one of my girlfriends, I'm like, well, I started to open up my third eye. She's like, how do you open up your third? I'm like, well, it's a practice. Like, you know, yeah, you, have, yeah. you have to meditate more. You have to go inward more. But the more you go inward, you're tapping into that inner child, that innate nature that we all have. At the end of the day, we are our childlike self. We are full of joy. We are full of wonder, curiosity. It's our innate nature. We are abundant. It's our birthright, you know? I feel literally feel this on a soul level which is probably why I'm like so quiet I'm just nodding my head because I felt this like internal shift and I think the first part of it was 
like an emotional release. Like I just like had a breakdown and it was like, you need to just like have that emotional release. Like I, I don't do that a lot. And so it was like, I just let go. And then literally right after that, I felt like download after download after download. Like I'm going to Austin outside of the podcast. Like I want to launch a business. All these things kept coming to me. And there was a part of me that was like worthiness. That's the first place you go to is like, am I worthy? And the ego side of me is absolutely like, I know who I am. I'm confident in who I am. But there's this subconscious layer that I think a lot of people can resonate with of, am I actually deserving of this level of success? Like, am I deserving of being on a different level? And not and like I told you this before like not thinking that you're better than and not leaning into that ego and I I do think it's a hard balance of knowing that you're worthy but also not self-destructing with ego absolutely you have to there's a difference between cocky and confidence and you just have to have to know that whenever we say deserve that means that we have to earn something to get it right and 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 worthiness and wholeness that's our birthright and i think that as long oh, as you can that. have yeah like you you ha- it's your birthright like why the fuck not you sorry am i allowed to yeah, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're fine like why <laughs> why not you so whenever like we're in our heads and we're like well, who am i to do this i just say why not you why not you and it doesn't mean that you are egotistical and i think that if you can have humility mm-hmm. And remember that every time as you are accomplishing more goals, as you are becoming bigger, you're not going to be in your ego. Humble, like you have to be, I mean, doing yoga teacher training this year for me, you know, I, I come from like, you know, running my own business and being a leader and, and I had to start like basically start from the scratch and I'm like, there's no shortcuts here. You have to do the work. And it was very humbling, but I needed that. And I think that sometimes if we put things in our life that humbles us and if we go at it with humility, like we can't, you can't get in your ego. I also think too, and this episode has been more on the serious side, but I have a very dry sense of humor. And I think it's because I just don't take myself so seriously. And that to me is my sense of humility. I always make fun of myself or I'll make jokes and it's not in a self-demeaning way. It's just to remind myself of like, you're not that important not that you're not that important but it's just like come back to center like anytime I'm in my ego or I think I'm better than or whatever that is it's the very Leo energy in me I just come back to this place of like you know where you and I know that I always come back to that humility but I think it's hard to recognize that and I think you're right it's self-awareness and that's why I preach it so much and I think that becoming self-aware is the first step to success in my opinion. I always say that awareness is the first step in everything. Like when you're trying to uncover things, awareness is the first step. Or trying to build a business, like whatever you're doing, if you're unaware that you're not selling something, how can you sell something? It just doesn't make any logical sense to me. And so I relate that back. I'm like, do that work internally. Like if you're not aware of what triggers you, if you're not aware of why you're reacting this way or why you're treating someone this way, how can it fix that relationship that isn't working? Nine times out of 10, it's like you need to go inward. It's not working because there's something in you that is coming to fruition and it's coming out. And unless you recognize that pattern in yourself, how can you? And I think that you should like, I think it's important to consistently ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is this for me? Is this because I want to do it? Or am I doing this for egotistical purposes? You know, and constantly asking yourself that during when you're practicing self-awareness is why am I doing this? 
when I when I decided to do this podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to, sh- I like I love, like I was listening to your podcast, I was listening to all the things, I was like, oh, she's a yoga girl too. I got so excited, and I'm like, this is so aligned, and and I want to share more about wellness and breath work and meditation. You know, so I knew like it was yes. so aligned. And then the building says 11-11. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so aligned. <laughs> Here she is. Switching from lack to abundance, I think is hard. And this is my word this year is abundance. So ironic that we're talking about this. How can someone switch from a lack mentality into abundance? I think it's probably aligned with worthiness. But It's so crazy that that is your word. This is synchronicity because at Commune and Bloom right now, we've been doing an abundance mindset series. Okay. So with a lot of the teams, when I do team trainings, we've been doing abundance mindset shifting and like how to realize that you are operating from lack. And if you're operating from abundance, of course, the first thing I'm going to say, self-awareness is the first step, right? So when you're abundant, you know that there's so much more to go around, right? And I th- and it's the, lack is whenever you're the opposite of that. You're competitive. You think that there's, you know, um, not enough to go around. Um, you're afraid to take risks because you're afraid that you know this opportunity won't happen for you. And when you're abundant, you you know you take risks because you know that you're gonna. It's a win win no matter what. If you win, you win. If you make the mistake, you learn. So you still win and you yeah. gain wisdom. Um, there's so much to go around. And when you operate from that and you start embodying that energy, I always say there's more of where that came from. And the more I operate from that, more comes from that. More opportunities come from that. And it's just like, even with teams, I'm like, okay, this suit was super aligned. I loved this. There's more of where that came from. But um, whenever you're abundant, you just, you're more grateful. You're, um, you're generous you give more whenever you're in lack you you know you hold on to things you don't want to let go of things it's it's that scarcity mentality like no i don't want to do this because this is where i'll peak and it's like no if you did this there's more of where that came from so keep going you know and you don't want to you're not as generous you you um you don't want to you become very competitive it's very like anger, bitter, like there's, it's a low vibration. And why I love sharing about abundance is not just because it's for like, it's not just about money. It's the definition of abundance is like um, when you have things in plenty in large amounts, right? And that could be like trees, that could be, <laughs> you know, food, that all kinds of different things. And when you start noticing your abundance, what it does is it raises your vibration. And so when we are operating in lack, it puts us in a fear mentality and fear is a low level vibration. So when you're uh, when you're raising your vibration, you're increasing your immune system, you feel lighter, you you feel happier. There's so much so many benefits from operating from an abundance mindset. And what I've noticed in my personal practice is that all of this takes time. And it kind of ties everything back to like you at your core, when you go inward, you're coming back to who you are as a person. And that takes time and that takes work, just like it took time for you to get from two to 18. And I think that's important for people to understand is that when you start this journey, and this is, I'm saying this to myself, it takes time to bring those things into your life. Manifestations aren't an overnight success. And I think what I've realized in my own life is because it takes time because you need to get to a place where when you receive it, it's received in the way 
that's a more than you, but also when you're available to receive it. And I think that's one thing that I've noticed a lot in my life is I wanted something and I didn't get it when I needed it. I got it when I didn't get it when I wanted it. I got it when I needed it. And I think that's important for people to recognize is that like once you start doing all of this work, all the things you're like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? You might be operating from lack, but I think abundance is just it's an energy shift. And it's 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 reminding yourself too that everything really happens in divine timing because whenever it mm-hmm. does happen, there's so many times exactly. where I, in the past, if I was being impatient and then it happened when it did, I'm like, that had to happen because then I wouldn't be able to do this and that. I wouldn't have learned this. And so everything, it happens in divine timing. And when just even reminding yourself that is an abundance mindset. And I think one of the easiest ways to start realizing how abundant you are is just start looking around you. Look at where there's abundance. There's abundance of cameras around here. (laughs) Like who would have thought like so many cameras, like so many things, like start looking at the things that you have. Like you have a beautiful purse over there. Uh, You have like food, you have water, you have a place to sleep with, you know, covers, air conditioning, heater, all these different things. And there's so many times where it's, I remember this was when I started really practicing intentional mindset shifting with abundance. I was looking around and I remember I had just gotten this really nice mattress. And when I first got married, my husband and I, we slept on an air mattress. We, we were just trying to figure it out. We got married really fast. We were just new entrepreneurs and not paying ourselves really. And so we slept on an air mattress and when I when I was looking at the new mattress that I had, I was like, honey, you remember whenever we slept on an air mattress? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, that's abundance. Like, and and to other people, this is like, okay, you just got a mattress. I'm like, yeah. no, but when you look at like where you were before and you look at where you are, that's abundance. And I remember I had this green Mountain Valley water. It's like the glass sustainable water. And I'm like, I mean, I used to drink great value water in plastic and now I'm drinking green. You know what I mean? Like I look at that, I'm like, that's abundance. And and it's so easy to forget how abundant you are because you're always focusing on what you're lacking. But if you look around and be like, man, five years ago, I would have wished I was doing what I'm doing right now. I would have wished I, w- I was wearing those clothes. I would have wished I was driving that car. I am abundant. It brings us back to the beginning of this conversation with reflection. Yeah. Reflecting on things that have happened in your life and expressing gratitude for them, even the ones that didn't go your direction. And those for me have been the biggest life lessons and the biggest learning moments for me, friendships ending, relationships ending, jobs, whatever it was, every single time I let something go, something bigger came into my life. And I think shifting that mentality of like, if you're sad that you lost a job or you're sad that you lost a relationship, knowing that that next relationship is going to be better. And I just have always had this like weird inner knowing that like what's meant to be will be and it never, ever, ever fails me. And it's hard to teach or it's had, I mean, I preach about it all the time on this podcast, but when you truly go within your, you'll feel it inside of you. And I think you sharing your story, like when you're sharing like your failures and sharing like things that you've went through and you keep showing up and you keep doing the things and you harvest those lessons, that's leading by example. And I think that people feel that and they're like, wow, like she went through that. I went through that too. That means I can do it. You're you're an expander for people. You're showing people what's possible. 1000% and you 
I mean, mentorship, we talked about this, like you're learning from their mistakes. You're yeah. also learning from things that went their direction. Yeah. What's one thing that you learned about yourself through your journey with entrepreneurship or in entrepreneurship? I I realized that when honestly, like whenever I set my mind to something, I can do it. And as long as it's really true to me, it's like a heart aligned thing that it's going to happen it, and it's going to happen in divine timing. And I think that whenever you remind yourself that all the time and you remind yourself of all the things that you've done and you didn't know how and you did it, like whenever I was writing the course, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to take those next step within arm's reach because this is true to my heart. I really want to do it. And then it happens. So what it, what I realized is I'm really good at trusting in the unknown. And mm. it doesn't mean that it's easy, but I'm good at trusting in the unknown. I When I moved to Dallas, I moved here without barely any money and I figured it out and I took the biggest leap of faith. And when I got here, the biggest miracle happened. And I trusted, but it, it has to be those heart-based decisions, you know, not just be like, well, it's just going to happen. You know, like when I know something is true to me and it's like an inner knowing, a calling, just have faith, trust in the unknown, know that it's going to happen. You don't have to get rid of the how, trust, and you'll always make it. And it might not be how you imagined when I, you know, when I launched my course, I didn't realize that I'd close my business and I would end up doing it that way. <laughs> but yeah. it ended up happening a lot faster. And so when you, and why I say reflect a lot is because when you reflect, I actually, every month I do a girl boss church in my community and it's called reflections, reflections and setting intentions. So every month we set an intention, we reflect on the last month because I want people to harvest. I want them to find their wisdom every single month. So they're doing it faster and not waiting for some crisis to happen mm -hmm. for them to, you know, find the wisdom from within. So if you're constantly reflecting on like, what did I learn from that? What did this teach me? You're able to really have more wisdom behind your back, like at all times and go with it. And, you know, when you have more wisdom, you're going to, you're going to know how to do things even better. Like you're not starting mm -hmm. over. You're starting with wisdom in, in any situation. Trust in the unknown and understanding that you can't control a lot in life. And I think yeah. it all intertwines together. But I love that you just said that because so much of our life is unknown. Tomorrow is unknown. Absolutely. Yesterday we know, but when you're living in that present moment, and I think, you know, to kind of tie this whole episode and like bring it full circle. It's like meditation and going within is practicing that present moment. And it's funny because someone at work, he grounds me all the time and humbles me, but he, where I was talking about being present and he's just such a present person. I literally was like, how do you do it? And this one thing was like, get off social media. And then his next thing was like, just recognizing that this is the only thing that I have control over is yeah. this moment right now and how I show up. Yeah. And it was just one of those reminders that every time I'm trying to push the needle here for business or I'm trying to do this or I'm trying to go after this, it all comes back to right now. And that's all you really have control over. So why not do everything you can in this moment to be and contribute to your best self? Yeah, absolutely. What What's a piece of advice that you would give yourself or someone that is starting on their entrepreneurial journey? You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And so take that next step within arm's reach and just start. Gold. Trust in the unknown. That's like three, but you know. <laughs> That's gold. 
I have one more final question for you. But before we get to that final question, I want you to pimp yourself out. So where can people find you? I'm going to put all of this in the show notes for everyone that's listening. Um, but I want you to elaborate a little bit more on you. Where can people find you, your offerings, all that type of stuff? Yeah. So I host corporate retreats, team retreats. I coach female CEOs. I host a lot of events. You could find it at Commune and Bloom on Instagram, communeandbloom.com. You can find my personal page. It's Chelsea Sanchez. It's like Chelsea, but with an S. <laughs> I figured that one at the heart, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle, when you flip it. But um, yeah, you can find a lot of my events there. I have an annual retreat in Puerto Rico where I'm originally from every February. That started this year and that's going to be 223-23 next year. So I love hosting retreats. I'd love to see you at one. I'd love to see yeah. you at one of my breathwork events, one of my yoga events. So yeah, that's where you can find me, Commune and Bloom. All right, perfect. And then the last question that I ask every single person, which I'm excited to hear your answer is, what are you grateful for today? Today, I'm grateful for you. I oh. feel like we have <laughs> so many synchronicities. I can't wait to get to know you off of camera yeah. and audio, but I'm so grateful for this opportunity because I just want for people to take some message out of this. I want to be able to have some ripple mm -hmm. effect. And for you giving me the opportunity and for your viewers to hear this, I, I just wanted to let you know I'm so honored and I'm grateful Aww, for you. So thank you. She's going to make me cry on camera. <laughs> that was going to be mine. And I feel like this week with the episodes that I've had, it's brought me back to my center and like that's Your what I'm why. grateful for. Exactly. And it lights me up in a different way that I never thought that I would find. But I finally feel like, I'm living my purpose and I'm doing something that's a lot bigger than me. And so that's what I'm grateful for. And thank you so much for being on this. This was an amazing episode. I'm like literally at a loss for words. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I feel like we could talk all day <laughs> I long. Know, I know. I'm, I'm like, like, you <laughs> run too? You do yoga? You meditate? Like, oh my gosh. Yes. I love it. Well, thank, thank you. you.